Josh to come and share with us. I'll let him get wired up. Uh, there we are. Uh, it's been really cool over the last, I don't know, it's a few years now. When Josh first talked to me about, Andrew, I reckon we need to have a, a, a bloke's hike. I'm like, that sounds good. And Josh and Justin's out there going, yeah, amen. It's good to see it, Justin. We never got to do an official farewell for you and pray for you. But God bless, Justin. Up in Ararat. Having a great time. It's good. <laughs> um, there's your little farewell we missed. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> We're a body and we love each other. We're sorry when we miss you. <laughs> we, we caught up and talked about the hike, but we, we just started to read the Bible and pray together and uh, catch up, continuing on from that. And we set up the CFC Boat Blokes Facebook page. If you're a bloke in CFC, I encourage you to be a part of that page so we can stay connected and, and let you know and encourage each other when we're doing something. Uh, but just through that time and, and ongoing from that and other times, actually, I'm amazed how much Josh can talk while hiking. Would you agree, Justin? <laughs> um, I've been on a few bushwalks and hikes and different things with different groups, and I, I reckon Josh probably wins the prize for able to talk the most while hiking. <laughs> I didn't tell you that, but... Um, and just the way, every time I catch up with Josh over the last 12 months, two years even, just the way I've seen God working in, in Josh and just God's, the passion for God and His Word just oozing out of Josh. And I said to him just before Christmas, I think it was, a bit before Christmas, I said, just tell me when you're ready to preach one of those words a little bit. And uh, he's like, <laughs> oh yeah? <laughs> I think that was a pretty good impression. And anyway, so I, I really want to thank you, Josh, and let's hear what God has to say to him to us through him right now. Let's give him a, a hand as he shares with us now. Great. Oh, there it is. This is new. Um, yeah. Um, good morning. Um, yeah, I'd just, um, just like to share a little this morning uh, about how God's been blessing me over the last um, over the last year, um, particularly last year, but um, I'd have to say that God was what God was showing me started a few years ago. Um, yeah, it all sort of it started back then when a mate asked me to do a 10k run with him. It was a fundraiser run for um, Bowen Health, I think it was um, a 10k run in the botanical gardens in Colac. Now, I really hadn't run since high school, and I really wasn't very good at it then either. I was a puny kid, no sporting abilities. I still remember standing at the starting line, waiting, ready to run, hearing the starter gun go off, and I'd be running my little legs off, and I'd see all my, um, all my teammates, all my classmates sort of disappearing around the corner of the track. Um, but anyway, um, so I figured I'll have a good challenge, so I'd give it a go. So I started training with no idea what I was doing. Uh, my first couple of runs were pretty short-lived. I couldn't even run for more than 200 metres, but I was determined and I persisted. Over the next few weeks, 200 metres turned into 500 metres, which turned into 5K and then 10. I was amazed to learn that God created my body with this ability to even do this. I'd always, <laughs> I'd always written running off as something only super fit or physically gifted people did, and I was like, wow. Oh. I remember hearing about a mate running a 20K run and thinking... What on earth? What a freak. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I was pretty pumped about it. Like, wow, I can, I can do this. Um, so I ran this fundraiser and um, I was pretty, just pretty stoked to knock on dead last, to be honest. Um, but yeah, but it was good. It was good. Um, so with 
my first event done and dusted, I thought to myself, if I can run 20, if I can run 10k, I'd run 20, right? It's only like that distance again. So I had a look around and I thought, you know, I like getting out in the bush, so I thought a trail run would be good. So I booked into the Surf Coast Trail Half Marathon, which incidentally is 2k's longer than a half marathon. Um, it's a 23k trail run between Point Addis and Fairhaven. So with the run booked, I needed a training plan. So I got online and found one. I put all my scheduled runs in on the calendar, like my midweek runs and weekend runs, and um, planned it all out over 12 weeks. And I was like, well, it's good. I've got a plan. So I, um, so I started running. Um, oh, I kept running. Um, though as, as life goes with young families and, and jobs and things, I missed a couple of key runs. Uh, so by the time the event came up, in hindsight, I was quite inadequately trained. <laughs> so the morning of the run came, and it was exciting as a couple of hundred people set off along the beach at Point Addis. I soon found that I hadn't trained in sand, or on steps, or anywhere near that distance. There was a lot of beach running with king tide. Um, there was a lot of running on the soft sand right up against the sand dunes, as you could imagine. That's not too easy. Um, so I kind of hit the wall at the 15k mark, and needless to say, it hit a lot more than it needed to. But I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's fair to say, at times, I became quite obsessed about this newfound ability. I thought about running all the time, and it consumed my thoughts. I learned about consistency in my training the hard way. I would train hard for an event and run too hard or too long without building consistently, or life would get busy, and then I'd embark on big long runs after taking weeks of time off, injuring myself and being forced uh, to take a break from running till I, till I healed. I was learning that consistency and self-discipline are critical. The second time I became injured was more significant. I had this great idea that I should run 20Ks every Saturday without building up to it adequately. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> crazy. Um, so it was my third Saturday in, and I was out at Forest running on the trails, and about 15K into my run, I felt a pain in my inner ankle, just a bit of a niggle. And I thought, ah, oh, still got five k's to go. It's a long way to walk. I'll just keep running. It'll be okay. So I hoped that it'd go away, but it, it persisted. And I ran to the end. Um, this turned out to be a pretty big mistake. It hurt a bit that day, and I thought not much of it. But the next day, I could barely walk on it. So after a couple of, a couple of very expensive trips to the physio, more than a couple, I found I had a damaged tendon in my ankle, commonly known as tibialis posterior tendinopathy. <laughs> you know what that is. Anyway, so as my injury healed, I gradually began to run again. Sorry, I've skipped a part. Um, with, a slow, with a slow forecast for recovery, I had a chance to reflect. God gently showed me, as he does, that my obsession with running wasn't healthy, that he needed to be my obsession. 
As it says in Matthew 6, verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. And it's fair to say that in my Bible reading was also a little consistent and infrequent. But when I was reading his word, God was showing me that like physical training, he requires consistency and self-discipline, spending time seeking him in his word. So as my injury healed, I gradually began to run again, but I set out with a different view. I knew God blessed me through it, and it was good for me. It was good for my physical and mental health, but my primary desire had to be for him. I think I'll always have to be mindful of where my focus is. Life has so many good and worthwhile things that can take our focus off him. It's a lesson I'll no doubt continue to learn time and time again. So with my injury healed, I decided to be more consistent with my running also, to remain in a state of being trained rather than training for events and dropping off again. I wanted to be ready for a run like a half marathon or even just to head out the bush with my runner mate and go for a long run without having to train. At this time, God revealed to me that this is what he required of me in regards to my relationship with him, to be in a state of readiness in my walk with him so that when life's marathons, surprise marathons come up, I'll be ready to run them. Like the events life throws at us, if I tried to run a marathon with little or no training, I will either fail or it will hurt a lot more than it needs to. I needed to apply consistency and, and discipline to my training in him, as we never know what's around the corner. But like my physical training, when it came to reading his word, I often made excuses like, I'm too busy, or I work shift work, so it's just too hard. But God showed me that when my running was important to me, I made it a priority. I wanted to do it. So even if initially I had to choose it, in time, I found I was looking for it. Now, I've never been one to make New Year's resolutions. In fact, many years ago, I made a New Year's resolution never to make a New Year's resolution. And I stuck to it really well, like I held to it for decades. But at the start of 2018, I decided to set myself a goal to be more consistent in my training for him to seek him in his word daily. And like my running, I needed a plan. I had been reading through the one-year Bible reading plan on the Bible app on my phone for a lot longer than I'd like to, uh, like to mention. <laughs> so I decided to keep on going with it. Although these smartphones that most of us have can be such a hindrance to us, it's actually really a blessing to have the whole Bible in our pocket at all times. I could read it anywhere, on smoke breaks at work, out sitting out having a coffee, chilling out in the gardens, even driving my car. Just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, the reading plan takes you through the whole Bible. As I wasn't choosing passages I wanted to read, um, jumping sort of from here and there, I'd, I'd realised that after going to church my whole life, there was so much of his word that I'd, I'd never read. I was reading so much of it for the first time 
and I was really excited about it. To be honest, I've never been much of a reader. In fact, I think I've only ever read two or three books cover to cover in my whole life. I even bluffed my way through VCE, reading only minimal sections of the novels, sort of the start and the middle and the end and sort of piecing together and um, kind of bluffed my way through. This isn't study advice, by the way. Um, <laughs> but somehow still managed to pull off some reasonable grades. Um, yeah, I love reading something that just didn't come naturally. Um, but when it came to reading the Bible, I started to view the act of reading his word as an act of worship. Not just reading the words, but spending time with him. He would reveal himself to me through the scripture in such a real and relevant way. The more I read, the more my desire for his word grew. I couldn't get enough of it. It began to consume my mind. I thought about it all the time. I found myself reading every chance I'd get. Sometimes after the kids were in bed, I'd think, I'll just read for a bit, when I really should be sleeping. And then I'd end up sitting up way too late and reading, and then ranting to my wife about all the amazing things God was showing me in his word. Thanks, Rach. So, what started out as a choice I had made out of obedience to God became an obsession that I know God gave me, an overwhelming to desire to seek Him and hear Him through His Word. As it says in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 8, verse 3, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. As I read, God consistently gave me lessons that I could apply to my life. I found that reading his word keeps our thinking in line with God's path and puts our path in line with God's thinking. There are so many voices out there, particularly online. There is so much information bombarding us all the time that it can be hard to discern the difference between God's wisdom and the world's wisdom. Sometimes the voices we're listening to can seem wise but can lead us off the path God has for us. His word can show us how to help discern what is God's voice or another voice. As it says in Psalm 119, verse 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Without his word to guide us, it's really hard to see his path. The scripture helps us to discern false teachings in Matthew 4 uh, sorry in Matthew chapter 4 Jesus is fasting in the wilderness for 40 days the devil is trying to deceive Jesus and even uses scripture out of context to do so after tempting Jesus to make bread out of stones for his hunger the devil rethinks his game plan he knows Jesus uses scripture and holds it as authority so the devil quotes scripture to deceive him Three times the devil tempts Jesus. And all three times Jesus uses scripture to refute the devil, cutting down these twisted lies with scripture. So if you tried to deceive, to deceive Jesus with scripture, how much more will the devil try it on us? And people do this, twisting and distorting the scripture to make false claims, to take away the true meaning of the gospel. So it is not enough for us to know a verse here and there. We need to consistently study the scripture so that we know 
the overarching message of the Bible and the heart of God through it. Getting back to my story, I have a drink first. I'm drinking a lot, must be thirsty. Getting back to my story, 2018, however, for all the highs I experienced, had its fair share of lows. It wasn't all smooth sailing. Though I was enjoying this gift God had given me, a passion for his word, life's troubles still come. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, he says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with sinners, or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along a riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Like the trees planted along a riverbank, with roots deep in the water, we still experience hard times in life. Like the trees planted by the river, but like the trees planted by the river, we are not spared from the harsh elements. We still experience the scorching hot sun and the hot north wind still felt, but it does not break us because our strength comes from God. There are times of rain and refreshing and happiness and contentment and everything is fine. And there are times of hardship, of drought, anxiety and feeling the weight of life's pressures. These are the times we prepare for when we put our trust in the Lord, when we delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Our source in life is rooted in Him. Our endurance comes from Him. We still go through hard times, but they will not break us. And we can endure them because He is with us. When I'm going through hard times and I can't trust my own feelings, the Bible is the one thing that is solid. I know when I open his word, he will meet me there. God really showed me that I needed to be planted in his word, to continue to seek him in his word, to meditate on, to meditate on it with consistency and self-discipline if I'm going to fulfill his purpose. Before David became king, there was a time where King Saul was hunting him down. It was God's plan for him to become the king of Israel and, he was, and, and God was sending warriors to him to fight with him to carry out God's plan for Israel. Chronicles 12 talks about some of the warriors that joined David before he became king when King Saul was hunting him down. It describes these men. It says, There were men that fought alongside David in battle. All of them were expert archers and they could shoot arrows or sling stones with their left as well as their right. And then verse 8 describes the warriors from Gad who defected to him while he was in the stronghold in the wilderness as expert with both shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer in the mountains. Now these men were highly trained warriors. They, could have, they would have been training their whole life for this. And God used their training to carry out his purpose to make David king. God showed me that, what he, that he wanted me to train in his scripture, that he wanted us, 
that he wanted to use this training to carry out his purpose for my life. Consistency and obedience are important to God. Like with physical training, it's critical to how well we face life's challenges. In Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, Paul speaks about being disciplined like an athlete in our walk with God when he writes, Don't you realise that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. I often went off plan a little with my reading, and although I didn't finish the Bible in one year, that wasn't my goal. He blessed me through training in his word with consistency. He gave me the gift of a passion for his word. I learned that if we're just to step out and begin reading, spending time with him in his word, he'll be there guiding us. If we struggle to find the motivation or time, if we are willing, he will give us a, us a desire for his word that we cannot ignore. Thanks. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Josh. When we first talked about it, he sort of said, oh, I might have five minutes. <laughs> I heard he cut out a lot last night, but <laughs> thank you, Lord. I just want to finish that thought uh, and ask the question, what kind of warrior are we? I wonder what kind of warrior are we? And I don't mean, do you worry a lot? <laughs> I mean, how prepared do you feel for battle? The Bible talks about how we don't fight against people, but against principalities and powers in this unseen world. How, how ready are we for this week? How ready are we in the Word of God to know when something happens in our lives that we can, as Jesus did, as Josh said, declare His Word and say, no, it is written. Jesus said, God says, the Bible says, this is true. How ready are we as warriors? And I was just thinking, I was reading through the passage uh, Joshua was talking about this morning through the week, 1, Chron- 1 Chronicles 12, talking about those, those warriors who came together. And they're all from different backgrounds, different tribes and different, different stories, but they all came together with one purpose. And that was to see David made king, to David be acknowledged as king. And we are all different people with different gifts and some of you can sling stones with your left hand, some can do it with your right, some of you can expert archers. I've got some kids who want to become archers. I don't know if that's your fault, Josh, or maybe it's Dave, wherever you are. Um, it doesn't matter who we are or what we do and how, we, how well we do what we do, but are we training ourselves in righteousness? Are we being trained in righteousness, in living to glorify and honour the true King of all kings? We come together as His body, not just to do what we do and enjoy a great time, but to make the true King acknowledged as King, to lift up the name of Jesus, the one who is the King of all kings, and the Lord of all lords, the Saviour of all the world. We come together for one purpose, and to see Him glorified. We're going to finish this morning by singing a song, and ask the band to come. 
But as we talk about life groups, as we talk about reading the Bible, about training ourselves and being consistent in reading His Word and, and in prayer, we've had a real theme over this last month. You know, we're going to sing this song that says, and you want to put up those first lines, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. Worthy is the Lamb. I wonder what in your life is God not worthy of? God is worthy of all things. God is worthy of all our time, of all the things we do. Let's give 24 hours a day of every day of our lives to Him and ask Him to lead us. Now, Josh is talking about training. Um, I went bike racing yesterday in a place I haven't been bike racing for about, uh, I was going to say 25, 15 years. And I used to race there as the scratch man. I was the, the guy at the back who could win from the back. I went there yesterday and I didn't win any races. Because <laughs> I don't train myself purely for physical fitness anymore. I made a decision in my life that I didn't want to make that my focus. I wanted to train my life to live to glorify the King of all kings. And I pray this morning that we are stirred, that we are challenged, that we are so deeply even convicted and saying, God, help me because you are worthy, Lord. You are worthy of my life and my praise and everything that I can have that I can give to you, I want to live and give to you. Can we stand? And I pray that you can sing this as a confession today. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is He. He was worthy to take away our sin, to make us whole, but He's worthy of our lives that we can live to glorify Him. Let's sing it together now.